Amen. I want you to think for a moment about the people that you are close to. What kind of people are you close to? Are you close to people that you view very differently than you? Most likely, you are close to people that you view are similar to you. We tend to look for that among people. When we first meet people, we tend to look at them as, is this someone that uh, I could be close to, or is this someone that, that probably not? Have you ever had someone treat you as though you were in a lower class than them? Is that someone you ever think that you could be close to? Probably not. You probably draw up walls. Maybe you've looked at someone and you've thought they are in a different class than you. If so, you've probably drawn up walls and didn't really see them as someone that you could be close to. Here's the reason I share this. One of the things that you are going to see in the Word, one of the things that you are going to hear here, is that Jesus wants to know you and He wants to walk with you intimately. But there are a couple barriers that can happen to keep that from happening. And one is this. One is that we treat Jesus as if he's someone that we could never be close to. And the reason that we sometimes do that is because Scripture declares that Jesus is God. That he is the creator. That he is absolutely holy and perfect. Something that none of us are. And even though all of that is true, if we keep Jesus at a distance because of all those things, we can never be close. But Scripture declares that when He died for us, the veil was torn. The veil in the temple. And it was that veil that separated God's presence from us. But now, we can be close to Him. But there's another danger that we can also fall into. The other danger opposite of keeping Jesus at a distance because He's so holy. And the other danger is this. What we can do is we can bring Jesus down to our level and treat Him as a buddy. I want you to know that Jesus wants to be intimate with you, but Jesus is not our buddy in the sense that we are equals. Scripture declares that we will never be uh, equal with Jesus. Now, it does declare that we are able to be transformed into His image. But Jesus will always be Lord. So how can we be intimate if Jesus is holy, if Jesus is Lord, if Jesus is King of kings? Is that possible? Well, Scripture declares that it is, and I want to look this morning at how that is possible. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and I'm going to be beginning in verse 9. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. This is Jesus talking, and here's what he has to say. He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. And how has the Father loved Jesus? One of the things that you heard this morning is that the Father loved Him because He's the Son. God loves you because He created you. And He wants you to be His son or His daughter. 
His love for you is not based upon what you've done or haven't done. He simply loves you. Scripture declares that Jesus died for us while we were still enemies. And what that means is, is while you were still in a place of walking in complete rebellion and wanting nothing to do with you, he laid down his life for you because he loves you. And that's where he wants you to start. And so that's one of the reasons that you can be close to God is because it's not based on your performance. When you mess up, God doesn't turn away and say, oh, well, I can't be close to you now. Now, he would have had to have done that if it wasn't for Jesus. Because he is so holy. He cannot be in the presence of unholiness. He cannot be close to that. But because Jesus laid down his life, he is able to be close to us. Jesus loves us because he created us. Now it goes on and it says, remain in my love. Now I want you to hear that. He says, remain in my love. Why would he say remain in my love? Because it's possible for you not to remain in that love. You see, God loves you. That's it. God loves you. You can't do anything about that. God loves you. But here's what you can do something about. You have the choice whether you remain in that love. Well, what does that mean? That means you have the choice of whether you experience the goodness of that love or not. Because you have the ability to reject that love. You can say no. And the consequence of saying no is that you come under God's wrath. Scripture declares that all of us, without Jesus are under God's wrath. It's only through Jesus that we are removed from that wrath and we are then able to be in His love. God wants you to remain in that love. How do you do that? Well, he goes on and he has something to say about that. He says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Now I want you to hear this this morning. This gets a little confusing sometimes because you hear people say, well, you can't earn God's love. And that's absolutely true. You cannot earn God's love. God is not up there going, oh, you did good today. I, I really love you. Oh, you did bad today. I, I, don't, I don't so much love you. He's not doing that. But... In order for us to show our love for Him, what He asks is that we trust Him. Now, the Scripture uses the word believe, and that's true. But sometimes we have a misunderstanding of what believe means. For instance, the Scripture says the demons believe and shudder. Well, guess what? They don't trust the Lord, though. They don't trust the Lord. They believe He exists, but they don't trust Him enough to follow Him. They're living in complete rebellion. What God asks of us is that we would trust Him. Well, what does it mean to trust Him? Well, if God says to you, child, I want you to go this way, what are you going to do if you trust Him? You're going to go that way. Well, what if you go this way when He says go that way? You know what that means? That means I'm not trusting Him. And sadly, I mistrust God way more than I want to. Because God lays out the way for me to go, and I at times will purposely choose to go the other way. What I'm doing in that moment is I am saying, God, I don't trust you. 
And so the reason that God says, if you want to remain in my love, obey my commandments, is not because you're earning his love. He's saying, child, trust me. I want to share something with you you this morning. God gives you commandments because he loves you. One of the things that the enemy wants to convince you of is that God gives you commandments to make your life miserable. We've all experienced that. Uh, We live in a world that has (laughs) uh, ridiculous rules sometimes. Uh, I mean... uh, (laughs) We live in, a, in a, a country right now that has more laws than it's ever had, and they just keep adding up more and more and more. Are our lives better as they keep increasing? No, because we get carried away. But I want you to hear this. God's commands are not like that. God's commands are simply for our good. But the enemy wants to convince you otherwise. It's the very thing that he did in the Garden of Eden. God told him, don't eat from that tree. Why? Because he, he, he just wanted them to miss out on something? No. He wanted to protect them from evil. But the enemy came and he said, oh, God's trying to keep something from you. Well, guess what? He's doing that same thing to us today. When you go against a command of God, what you are doing is you are saying, I don't trust you, God. How can you remain in the love of God if you are continually on a path that says, I don't trust you? Do you see what I'm saying here? It's not about you earning favor through doing what he says. It's about you saying, God, I trust you. If you trust God, you're going to listen and do what he says. That's why he says, if you want to remain in my love, obey my commandments. Now he goes on in verse 11 and he says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, how many of you think and correlate following commandments to being joyful? Now, depending on your personality, some of you might, (laughs) because some of you are rule followers. You hear rules and you're like, yes, I want to follow these rules. Now, if you have a personality like mine, you hear a rule and you say, oh, yeah. (laughs) But I've had to get over that when it comes to following the Lord, because I've come to find out that the commands that God gives me are so that I would experience joy. You know, sometimes we think, um, you know, if this thing with God doesn't pan out, um, you know, I could have been out just living and doing whatever I wanted and it would have been great. I got to tell you, I've walked that path and it's absolutely miserable. I've found that when God gives me commands and I walk in them, it brings blessing. And guess what blessing brings? It brings joy. But the enemy comes in and and, and he tries to twist things around and, and he gives us these images of these people that have made ridiculous rules that that aren't coming from God. You know, that's one of the things that we see when Jesus was here and living on the earth. You had these religious leaders that kept adding all these rules to God's commands. And so it got confused and and they thought that their rules were God's rules. For instance, um, you know, they were supposed to do what was called a, a ceremonial hand washing before they ate. 
And, and people just thought that God gave the command. Well, then Jesus shows up on the scene and he doesn't do it. And they're like, oh, what? this can't be the son of God. He's not following God's commands. Well, guess what? It wasn't a command of God. It was a command that man had made up and said, it's God. One of the things I want to share with you this morning is this. If you want to know what the commands of God are, you must read the Word. One of the things that I've discovered and continue to discover, there are so many things that I have been taught that are God's commands that are not. Uh, if you are just getting um, what you think is the word through some preacher like myself or somebody that you're listening to on YouTube or TV or what, you are getting a distorted view. Because what happens over and over is that when it comes to rules, we tend to try to outdo someone. You know, if we view um, following commands as pleasing God, then we want to outdo someone. You ever been around someone who wants to outdo you? You know, you tell them, hey, I got up and walked a mile this morning. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I was up at four and I walked five. Or, they, they always want to do better. Well, well, you know what? You find this among teachers and preachers as well. Oh, well, if you really want to please God, you'll do this and this and that. And it just keeps going and going and going. And the result is we get all these commands that are actually not commands of God. The commands that God gives are for your joy. And if you're confused about that, the only way to cure it is to actually go to the Word and find out what His commands are. Because they bring joy. Now he goes on after this. And he says in verse 12, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now notice that he says, love as I have loved. If you want to know the definition of love, go to the Word of God. God is the one who knows what love is. But this is one of those things that gets really distorted in our culture because there are all kinds of things that get the title love. I mean, right now, we live in a culture that calls sexual perversion love. You know, love is love. If I have a desire, uh, then that's love. Well, when you go to the Word, you find out that's not the case. God is the one that defines what love is. And what does He say that love is? Laying down one's life. That's what God did for you. He laid down His life. How should you respond to that? If someone lays down their life for you and you love them, how should you respond to that? By laying your life down. It's the biblical picture of what marriage is to be and really what our relationship is to be with everyone within the church. How great would our relationships be if we continually laid down our life for one another. Can you imagine? I mean, it would be incredible. But what happens? What happens is our flesh comes in and I start thinking about Kirk. <laughs> I start thinking about, I want to make sure that, you know, I get what's mine and uh, uh, that, that I'm pleased. 
And what happens is, is that the opposite of love comes in. So Jesus comes in and says, okay, I've started this thing for you. I laid down my life while you were still an enemy. And what I'm asking for you to do is to lay down your life. Even when others aren't laying down their life for you. Because Jesus didn't wait till I laid down my life to lay it down for me. He laid it down. And so now he's asking me to do the same. And he's asking me to lay down my life for you. And everyone around me. Why? Because that's what he did. Now he goes on and he says in verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command. Now that's one of the things that we hear sometimes is that Jesus is our friend. And I want you to know that he is. He's your friend. He wants to be with you through everything that you go through. He wants you to share everything that you are doing. But Jesus is a friend that's different than your other friends. And here's how he describes that in the next verse. He says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. The reason that Jesus says that we are his friends is because he brings us in and he shares what he's doing. The beautiful thing about being intimate with the Lord and walking with Him is that He wants to use you in this life for His purposes. And the way that works is through His Spirit. But we've got to be open. We've got to be looking. We've got to be in communication with Him. We've got to be getting into His Word. And when we're doing that, we're getting into His Word. We're in communication with Him. Guess what? As we go about our day, He can use us. But when we're not listening... Because we think, well, he's just up there in the sky somewhere. And, um, you know, I've just been taught that he's so holy that I really can't have a relationship with him. And, and he's all powerful, so he can do whatever he wants without me. And he can. But here's the beautiful thing. He's chosen for us not to be slaves. He's chosen to make us friends, which is he wants to use us. But here's what that doesn't mean. And here's what sometimes it gets messed up in our culture. Is again, we start thinking of a friend as, well, I can treat my friends however I want. Right? Well, God is still our Lord. Now, your other friends, if your other friends come in and start barking orders, are they going to be friends long? Probably not. But that's the difference. Because Jesus is still king of kings, but he wants to be intimate. How does that work? Well, if you're a parent, the Lord wants you to be close to your kids. But you know what? The way not to do that is just to be their buddy. You're still called to be a parent. If you're just their buddy and you're not a parent, you know what you're raising? A brat that nobody else likes but you. You're called to be a parent, to give them direction. But you know what? If you're all rules and no relationship, guess what? They're not going to share anything with you. You're not going to actually be able to walk with them and disciple them through life because they're just going to shut you out because you're just a rule maker. And that's how some of you may be viewing God. He's just that rule maker. No, God wants to be that loving parent 
That loving parent that would only give you commands because it's best. It's not for uh, their selfish motivation. It's just because it's best. And they're not going to budge because they know it's best. But you know what? They still want to be involved in your life. They're not afraid of you messing up. They want to be with you. They want to walk with you. And that's who God is. And that's what He means by being a friend. Now He goes on. Let's finish this out. He says in verse 16, You didn't choose me, I chose you. It's important to remember because of this. When we think that we choose God, there's an arrogance that comes. You know, like we're smarter than other people, or or maybe we're more disciplined, or, or whatever it is. If you know who God is, and you have a relationship with Him, it's because He chose you. He's the one that drew you to Him. And when I see it in that light, there's nothing for me to be arrogant about anymore. Because I didn't even choose Him. He's the one that chose me. He goes on and he says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. God wants to give you whatever you ask for in his name. Well, how does that work? Well, that works when we're doing what he called us to. And what was that? To produce lasting fruit. And I want you to notice that he says, I appointed you. Why is that important? Because the fact that he appointed you gives you access. It gives you access to the resources of heaven. So here's the beautiful thing. God wants to be a friend with you. And what that means is he wants to use you for his purposes. And he's appointed you, which means he's given you access to heavenly resources. And so anything that he calls you to, you have access to everything to get that done. Now what it doesn't mean though, is that I get to use heavenly resources for my flesh. And that's sometimes where we mess up. We start asking God for things, and we're like, why is it not coming through? And sometimes it's because, as a good parent, God knows it's not good for us. You know, if I'm going to be a good parent, I'm not going to give my kids everything they ask for. Why? Because I know it will destroy them. Guess what? God knows the same thing. But, when I'm doing what He's called me to, and it looks impossible, and I don't know how it's going to get done, all I have to do is ask, and the resources of heaven come. And I'm able to accomplish anything that God has called me to. Are you a friend of God? Do you feel like you're intimate with the Lord? If not, why not? I want you to know that intimacy with the Lord is a process. You know, you do not automatically become intimate with someone that you meet. It's a process, right? And part of the reason for that is that we're all different. There's no two people that you're going to meet that are the exact same. So as you walk in a relationship, it's going to be different than any other relationship you've had. It's the same with the Lord. Uh, My intimacy with the Lord is going to look a little different than yours. Now, it's the same God. He doesn't change. But you know what? You and I are a little different. And our paths have been a little different. But that's part of the beauty of it. 
is just walking it out with the Lord. Don't try to make your relationship with the Lord look exactly like mine, because it's not. God has his own path for you. But is there a blocker keeping that from happening? Have you been taught that God is just you know, so far off and He's so great that he, he doesn't have time for you? I want you to know that that's not true. He wants to be involved in every detail of your life. Or maybe you've been taught that God's just the buddy and you can speak to Him however you want. Well, guess what? When you do that, you don't get to really know God. You're just talking to some God you've made up because that's not really God. It's a blocker. I mean, if somebody starts talking down to you, are you going to be really close to them, putting you down? But when we start trying to bring God on our level, that's what we're doing. We're bringing Him down. We're talking down to Him. We can't really know Him as He is. But God wants you to know this morning that you can know Him as He is and you can be intimate with Him. And God wants to use you in his purposes. Are you willing to be a part of that? If you are, it's the greatest adventure you will experience in this life. Father, thank you.